I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created to equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. In this community, we'll talk about what you care about most, living shamelessly for Jesus, speaking unapologetically for truth, and bringing heaven to earth. So make yourself comfortable. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Confident Woman podcast. We are in the middle of a series where I am interviewing other confident Christian women who are confidently walking in their God-given lane. And one of the women that I knew that I wanted to have on this podcast was Joanna Beck. And I became familiar with her probably over a year ago now. And I started seeing her posts on social media. And I thought to myself, this woman is fire, just fire. And I am the type of person I really value someone who has a lot of conviction. And I really value someone who doesn't mince words. That is very important to me. And so I'm drawn to people like that. And I was like, I love the fire. And um, I have just been following ever since, and I'm really excited to share her voice with you. Um, But I want to formally introduce her so that you know a little bit more about her. Joanna Beck is a deliverance and healing minister. Joanna is very passionate about encountering God and having a personal relationship with Jesus. Joanna's heart is that you become equipped and activated in the fullness God has for you, which includes repentance, deliverance, and healing. Welcome to the podcast, Joanna. Thank you for having me, Amanda. It's so great to be here. I really love what you're doing with the podcast, with your social media, and it's an honor to be on here with you. Well, I'm super happy to have you. Um, One of the questions that I'm going to kick off all of these interviews with is how did your walk with Jesus begin? What's the story? So I was not raised a believer. I was my actually generations before me were raised into Jehovah witnesses. And when I was about 10, between 10 and 12 years old, my grandmother started watching Joyce Myers on TV, which then made her start questioning everything that she had been taught her entire life. So she threw me into, pulled me out of public school, threw me into private Christian school. And here I am standing there like, what is this? What's going on? I was there for about a month and God gave me a dream. And in that dream, it was one of the, um, the dreams where you're paralyzed, where you can't move, you can't talk, you're, you know, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to scream Mm -hmm. in this dream. And it's like, I'm pulled right up in front of a mirror and I just see the enemy's face. It's my body, but it's the enemy's face. Mm-hmm. And when I'm telling you, and immediately the Lord goes, you need to be saved. He woke me up from that dream. I called my friend that I had newly met at that school. And I said, are you going to church today? And it just so happened that I had that dream on a Saturday night, woke wow. up Sunday morning and And she goes, yeah, I'm going to church. I said, I need to go with you. And she goes, great, because she wanted me to come anyway. And so I get there and I walk up to the pastor and I go, I don't know what it means to be saved, but I need to be saved. And so that's where my walk with him started. I ended up 
accepting him as Lord and Savior of my life and was baptized in the Holy Spirit that same day and got my prayer language. And so I started my journey with him there, but didn't fall deeply in love with him until years and years later, because I lived, nobody discipled me Mm. at that time. So I lived lukewarm for a long time in my walk with him, but that's where I met him. Wow. Okay. That encounter, first of all, sounds incredibly scary. And I'm really glad that you are able to see that in order to recognize your need for God. I think God will go to any lengths to get our attention. Um, And so what happened between that time and the time where you pressed in deeper and the the match was lit um, and you became so much more passionate? What did it take for you to get to that point? I had... I was pregnant with my third daughter because I have four girls. I was pregnant with my third. And all of a sudden I started really just feeling uncomfortable around sin. I had always been uncomfortable around sin to a certain degree. I lived lukewarm, one foot in the world, one foot out of the world. But I started feeling really uncomfortable around everything to where I just started like, okay, I don't need to hang out here. Okay, I don't need to do this. And then it was like, he snatched me up and said, enough is enough. You are more than just a mom. And I'm tired of you living like this. And from then on, it was no TV. (laughs) I got rid of cable, secular music, uh, just everything of the world got completely pushed out of my life. So there was no external circumstance. It was just a, a an encounter between you and God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. So what would you say to a woman who is still in that lukewarm state? She's saved and she's wondering why aren't I on fire? And what would you tell someone who's in that state to get to a place of just reverence and holiness to where you are at at that point? So encounter or not, we still, it's our choice. Mm -hmm. We can't live on the fence. There's no fence between heaven and hell that we can live on. And we're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to dabble in this sin and I'm going to be holy this week. No, we have to make a clear cut. It is our choice to make the clear cut. Even though I had an encounter, I still had a choice whether or not I was going to be obedient to him. And so your obedience, stepping out in faith is an act of obedience. So if you're living lukewarm right now, just take the step of faith. Let me see what it means to be obedient to my heavenly father and see what this does for my life. Yeah. Was there a mental shift that you had to make to get to that place? Oh, renewing my mind 100%. Because I mean, I used to curse like a sailor before. I I was very much of the world. But it was that, I started to renew my mind, just like the apostle Paul tells us. I started thinking on things that were lovely, pure, just, and of good report instead of every time the enemy said, Hey, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's think about this sin. Let's think about your past. That was a really big thing with me of always bringing up my past about years of shame of living lukewarm. It can bring a lot of shame on someone of like, Hey, I wasn't obedient for all this time. I'm a disappointment. I'm not worthy of this now. So mm-hmm breaking free from that and saying, no, I'm not going to think that anymore. Here you go. You take this. This doesn't belong to me. This thought doesn't belong to me. Father, I need your good. 
I need your peace. I need your love. I need the calmness in my mind. So it's renewing your mind is the shift. Yeah. Did you, did all of that happen without guidance and without discipleship in your life? For me, it did. Yeah. I don't. And that's why I train up disciples now. Yeah. Because I was not discipled. Mm -hmm. And so, and I was blessed to have the Lord walk right beside me and he walks right beside everyone, but some people need that guidance. I craved someone to mentor me and to pour into me, but everyone I seeked out, they burnt me every single one of them. And so I finally was to the point, like, I cannot, if, if this is how Christianity looks, if this is how discipleship looks, what in the world are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And then, but letting him walk beside me and he trained me, but that also comes with, we each have a specific path, plan and purpose yeah. that we're going to be on. So mm-hmm. mine was, I couldn't be trained by man. I had to be trained directly from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. where now he told me, we'll just go back last year. He spoke to me and said, Joanna, be who you needed in that time. And so that's what I am today. Yeah. I can relate and resonate so much with that part of your story. I have come to a point in my life to where every area in which I believed I placed expectation on man, whether the need was a legitimate need or just an illegitimate expectation that I had. Independent of that, God taught me how to rely on him. And he was the one who was the shepherd who was leading me and he was teaching me and he was guiding me. And he was, it was the Holy Spirit who filled in all of those gaps. And I think so many times we're taught to need and rely on people. And the thing is we uh-huh. do, people. we need the body of Christ as, you know, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, uh, we are the body of Christ. We fit together and it's important. Um, we're supposed to carry one another's burdens. This is important. It is essential to our faith. However, man can't be God to us. Only uh-huh. God can do that. And I relate so much with your story because I'm able to pour out and I'm able to lead people even when that wasn't given to me as well. And mm-hmm. I just know what it's like to be able to be an answer to a need that you wish you would have had. And so yes. I just, I resonate a lot with that. And I, I thank you for sharing that. So I know that you operate in healing and deliverance ministry. So how did you learn about that? The Lord. So when the Lord spoke to me years ago, I was actually in the parent pickup line, picking up my daughters from school. And the Lord goes, do you know who you are to me? And I was like, well, is that a trick question? I'm your daughter. And he goes, no, you are an apostle in my kingdom. And I go, no, you got the wrong parent pickup line. You got the wrong car. And so I'm looking all around and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go home and forget that this ever even happened. I get home and he goes, your ministry will be a healing and deliverance ministry. And I'm like, okay, well, how is that going to take place? Because at the time I could hardly walk. My spine was as crooked as an S and my hips were off about two inches on the, my right side was lifted about two inches. You could hardly see it. If you looked at me and I just stood in front of you in the natural, 
but I could hardly walk. I had to crawl up the steps to my house to put my daughters to bed because I couldn't get up those stairs. And so I'm like, how is that going to take place when I'm not even healed? Mm -hmm. You want me to do this work for you, but I need you to heal me if I'm going to do this work. So the one that I actually crawled up the steps, crying out of pain, put my daughters to bed. I would scoop back down on my butt the way that we teach our kids to come down steps when they're little. That's how I was coming back down the steps, climbed into my bed. And the Lord just, I had a dream. And in the dream, the Lord was standing at my right shoulder and Satan was well off in the distance. And Satan just looked angry in the dream. And Jesus just reached down and touched my shoulder with his hand, just gently touched my shoulder. And immediately, you know, those snap bracelets Mm -hmm. that like make that snap, Mm -hmm. that snap took place and it woke me up out of my sleep. Mm. So when it woke me up, I immediately was, what in the world was that? My husband's still sleeping, not even paying attention to what's going on. The next morning I hopped out of bed. Wow. My husband goes, he panicked. He goes, babe, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. And then it hit me. And then I'm just a mess of tears and thankfulness because he healed me. So everything that I walk in now, that healing and and deliverance ministry, he did those things in my life to train me. Deliverance. I was healed from and delivered from a root of abandonment and rejection. When he pulled that root out of the pit of my belly, it felt like a weed, like a tough weed in your garden being pulled out. And he pulled it up through my chest and it was like I could breathe. Mm -hmm. And all anger and pain and triggered angers, everything left with it. Wow. So it comes from the personal experiences that I had with him is how he trained me and spoke to me that this was going to be the ministry that I operate in. I just think that that is incredible that you had the confidence to move forward based on what God had already done in your life. And I believe a lot of us lack conviction to move forward and really be the salt of the earth and the light of the world and do all of these things because we have yet to fully experience him in our lives and allow him to change us from the inside out. Because I believe if that really happens within you, you have no other choice to move forward and and move forward with such a conviction because if he did it for you, you have a desire, a burning motivation um, to tell others about it and do the same for others. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it so genuine is when you've experienced it yourself. Um, and I think a lot of times the people who operate in the most Holy Spirit power are the ones that God has ripped out of a sinful lifestyle and has transformed them first before they go and try to transform anybody else. So I love that you're emulating that um, and being an example before you're leading others and helping others. So were you in a church environment that operated in that? Um, Were you already exposed and familiar with it? No, not at all. Really? Not at all. I had no idea what deliverance was. Like I said, I was not discipled at all. And through any point I've, I had attended many different churches, 
Mm-hmm. But at no point was I discipled and said, hey, this is what disciples do. This is what deliverance looks like. Because as disciples, we're called to teach and heal and deliver. And so I had no idea what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And no, not at all. They didn't operate in it. And I was, when he actually removed that root from me, I was standing in the middle of one of their worship services. One of their teaching services, like it was a, a teaching for women's meeting and um, just had my hands lifted and he removed that right in the middle of it. And I had no idea what it, what was taking place. I knew something was pulled up out of me because he, he actually said to me, he goes, Joanna, give it to me. And I go, what Lord? And he goes, give me the root of abandonment. And I go, what root of abandonment? I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the root of abandonment from your father. And I immediately take it, Lord, take it. And he pulled it up out of me. My father, I never had a relationship with him. He signed over all of his rights to me and my siblings when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And then he only tried to come back into my life when I was about 17 to ask me for one of my organs. Wow. And then when I told him, no, he decided he still didn't want to have a relationship with me. And he ended up passing away in 2013. Mm-hmm. But I didn't talk to him. I never thought about him. So I didn't think that that route was there. I thought I was good, mm. but I obviously wasn't. And the Lord knew better. Yeah. It's powerful to see how he was your heavenly father and he was able to meet you in that gap. And that's kind of what I referred to earlier, seeing the gaps in others and God filling it. I'm able to look past, look in my past and see throughout my entire life, how God met me in the gap. Even you having the gap of not having anybody to disciple you, God met you in the gap. You didn't have anybody else to like lay hands on you. God met you in the gap. And I think that that really should break some belief for any woman who's listening, who thinks, oh, it can't be done because I don't have this person in my life. I don't have that person in my life. I don't have this resource. I, um, I don't know anybody who operates in deliverance. God can do it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will meet you in the gap. And so I just think that um, it's so important for us to lean on him, especially when there's a need in our lives that's gone unmet and we go to him to meet that need. And so I'm just pulling all types of lessons from your story. I think it's so, so powerful. So what are some signs that someone needs healing and deliverance? Okay. So signs that they would need healing deliverance is number one, if you've been molested or raped or abused, that would be a really big indicator that you need deliverance. Two, you've operated in witchcraft or voodoo or anything like that, or someone in your family line may have Freemasonry. If you yourself or someone in your family line has operated in Freemasonry. Um, if you have ever battled rejection or abandonment, that could be, it doesn't have to be parental. It doesn't have to be from, you know, your parents. It could have been a grandparent that rejected you and abandoned you. It could have been a spouse. You could have then walked through a divorce and you've feel rejected and abandoned. You could be rejected and abandoned from, you had a best friend and all of a sudden they're not your friend anymore. So that root is so, you know, there's a lot of area that that root tries to cover right there. Um, If you self-harm, 
if you battle anorexia, bulimia, any eating disorders, overeating, anything like that, those are signs for needing um, deliverance and inner healing. Um, if you battle schizophrenia or have a family member that battles schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety, depression are all things that you would need to be delivered from. And the list goes on and on. And I actually have a full list on my website that you know, 21 questions to ask yourself. And if you answer yes to any of these, then healing and deliverance would be needed. Mm. So how does someone who recognizes that they need healing and deliverance seek that out? Um, so first we ask, we seek the Lord. Number one, we seek him to reveal anything and lead us in the right direction. Because, and we, you know, that comes with our relationship with the Lord. We don't, the enemy is going to try to tell you, no, you're good. No, you don't need this. But if we want our temples free and clean, we do need to get rid of this. If we've battled these things right now where we could say, oh, I have the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but yet we have anger fear, depression, anxiety, resting on our shoulder, just sitting right here. And we're like, come on, Holy Spirit, come reside in here. And he's like, girl, you're filled with a mess. Let's clean that mess out. And then I want to dwell inside of you. And then you're filled with the Holy Spirit and everything in there is holy. And there's no room for the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the depression, everything that's linked with that. There would be no room for it. Wow. So First, seeking the Holy Spirit, letting him lead you. I've had people from all over the world reach out to me. The Holy Spirit have, has given them. I had a woman in, um, um, what was it, Australia and another one in New Zealand reach out to me and say the same exact thing. I thought I was reading the same email when they emailed me. They go, the Lord gave me a dream of you praying over me and you, and I was being delivered from all of these things as you were praying, I need to go through deliverance with you. So the Lord will show you what needs to come out and when it needs to come out and where it needs to come out. I love that you take an approach of relying on God to show you. Um, I think it all points back to him and partnering with him in the process, which is, is essential. Um, so what would you say is the difference between traditional counseling, even a Christian counselor and mm -hmm. ministry of deliverance? Okay. So counseling teaches you how to cope. It teaches, it just counseling teaches you how to cope. Deliverance cleans it out. It cleans you out. It clears you up. It removes those things where counseling is just teaching you to endure them deal with them on an everyday basis. But deliverance is, hey, we're gonna get rid of this. This is what we recognize right here. Let's take this, this out of here. So in terms of the healing that takes place in counseling, what, I guess in terms of the healing part of your ministry, mm -hmm. is that through a counseling method or is that healing found through deliverance? So like a one-on-one -on -one session with me looks like I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you where you think you are in life and what you feel you need to be set free from. What do you feel you're battling? What people don't understand. I already have my list. 
-hmm. everything the Holy Spirit tells me everything beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking you these things to see if they align, see what, what voice you're hearing, what, you know, the clarity that you have, then I will pray over you. I will ask the Holy Spirit because I am not, people are like, oh, well, how does that work through zoom? You're not laying hands on me. I'm not the one that does the work. All I am is the vessel. The Holy Spirit does all the work. And so I'm asking him to sweep you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, remove everything that does not belong, every root, every fear, every um, abandonment, depression, anxiety, um, any people pleasing, the pressure to perform and achieve things, any perfectionism, any shame, wrong expectations, a negative self-image. I'm asking for all those things to be removed. And then the healing comes in because we only have one healer. A counselor cannot heal us. Only Jesus can heal us. Only the Holy Spirit brings that healing upon us. And so I ask them after everything is removed, Holy Spirit, sweep them. Fill every crack, crevice, and hole where those fiery darts from the enemy once resided, where those roots once resided. Remove all of the residue and fill it with your peace and your love and your joy. And what the Holy Spirit does then, because we can say before deliverance or counseling, we have an open wound. And other people, the reason why we're in counseling or we're seeking out deliverance is because people are throwing salt on it. The enemy is throwing salt on it and we're constantly being hurt. Well, once we clear it out, we're clearing out all of the infection. I ask the Holy Spirit to stitch it up. And that's where the healing comes in. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've walked through both, uh, deliverance and counseling. And I think that there's a beauty when you pair them together, because Mm -hmm. when you go through deliverance, as you say, it's like an open wound that's cleaned. Um, but you learning to manage with Mm -hmm. the pain as it heals is something that you need to have the tools for. So, um, my counselor really uh, explains it in this way. She says, you know, initially when you get hurt, um, let's say you have like an open wound on your arm or something like that. If it gets infected, it's going to continue to hurt and you're going to have a sensitive area there. And so that's why you're always triggered. There's a sensitivity there. Um, But whenever you go to the doctor, it's going to hurt even more as it's being cleaned out and stitched back up. After that, there's still going to be a sensitivity. And over time, that sensitivity goes away and away and away until all that's left is the scar that no longer hurts. Mm-hmm. And you have the memory of it, but you're no longer affected by it. And so I think that um, they're both essential. And I, I think deliverance is essential within the body of Christ. Um, and I think having someone to support you as you're mm-hmm. Healing after that is definitely um, another ministry that is helpful to a lot of believers as well. But I want to ask you, you come across as someone who's very confident, um, and I want to know, what is it that empowers you to walk in confidence? Knowing my true identity in Christ and the authority and power and dominion that I've been given by my heavenly father. That's where my confidence comes from. Amen. Amen. That's something that I want my confident woman community to really embrace and understand. 
I think that a lot of times we have such a limited view of who we are in Christ. And because we have a limited view of who we are in Christ, because we don't know the word, or even if we know the word, we haven't internalized it and we don't truly believe it. Uh, we walk around as if we aren't children of God and as if we don't have dominion, as if we don't have authority. And I mm -hmm. believe that that's when the change happened in me. And so I see that in you. And when I recognize that in others, I, I know immediately that's someone who knows who they are in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, it's undeniable um, because you just walk differently. You carry yourself differently. Um, you just know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners uh, are going to be really interested in following you, following your journey. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what's next for you. So, I mean, I have several different, I mean, e-courses and a mentorship program and my, you know, one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, but I actually have a deliverance um, masterclass getting ready to come out on the 15th of July. And it's a masterclass and like a workbook, a guidebook that would help someone understand deliverance. It's like the who, what, when, where of deliverance and who can and can't do deliverance, who should and who shouldn't be doing deliverance, you know, because we don't want somebody who is filled with demons themselves laying hands on us, claiming that they're good, but they're laying hands on us. And so we need to know who we can and can't trust and what to look for in those areas. And so it's a masterclass that I have coming out July 15th, and it's actually called Get Out, <laughs> our deliverance masterclass. <laughs> yeah, get Out. I love it. And I have, of course, my mentorship program. And that runs continuously all year round. And that is me working hard with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis uh, for, you know, your professional, your personal, and your spiritual walk. That is incredible. So how can we uh, keep up with you online? What are your socials? Um, what's your website? Tell us all about that. Okay, so all social media handles are Joanna Beck Ministries. And then my website is joannabeck.com. Well, Joanna, this has been incredible. It's really cool to know more about your story, know more about how you became who you are today and what God is doing in your life. Um, I know that there are going to be so many women just from listening to this who will now have an awareness of the next steps that they need to take in their walk with Christ um, and to walk in confidence. And so I just want to thank you for your time. This is incredibly valuable and I'm just so grateful. Oh, you're welcome. It was an honor to be on here. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the Confident Woman community, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.